This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hewton. And it says here, Hewton achieved so much during his time at Brighton. We all know that. That's why he's interested uh, to us. And not only that, he was a thoroughly decent bloke. That's evident to us all as well. He understood the city, spoke well, ultimate professional. But they're saying here, the second half of 2019, 2018-19 season was bad as any of them can remember. Two wins in 18 managers would cost most managers their jobs. And they say throwing defeats against relegated sides like Fulham and Cardiff and the failure to beat Watford, Burnley, Bournemouth and Newcastle at home. And you had a manager who was skating on thin ice. It's when football fans move from anger to sarcasm, you know something needs to change. And they uh, cite, going back to 2006, Mark McGee, former City player, as you'll know, a uh, long, long, long time ago, was a dead man walking from the moment the with the, what a tip that was, began celebrating Stoke that his third, fourth and fifth goals as I say, back in 2006. And this guy goes on to say the performances in those final 18 games of the 2018-19 season, the tactical blunders, the players appearing to dang tools after approaching Hewton to play a more attacking style. All of that points to the fact that Hewton had remained, had Hewton remained in charge for this season, they reckon Brighton would have been relegated. And they say, for that reason alone, Bloom, their chairman, made the right decision to sack Hewton as Brighton boss. So there's a few things there that, you know, you look at the cautiousness that he's being uh, accused of uh, adopting, the cautiousness that he's being accused of adopting. You know, he had his critics down there, right? So, you know, that's, you know, he's no, nobody's perfect. But other than Alex Ferguson and maybe Jurgen Klopp, there's probably no manager that could be appointed record of failure somewhere. Now, Ian, uh, you've uh, just joined me. We, I said in this, this was going to be a welcome uh, Chris Hewton special when we uh, thought yesterday it was going to be announced uh, today. Um, it's, um, it's not turned out to be the day we expected, has it? No, not really. I didn't expect the announcement today, but I expected it over the weekend and a little bit of radio silence in between. But uh, unfortunately... Uh, we've been treated to some information from uh, Gregor McGregor or Bristol Live today uh, that said it's not a done deal and they're still interviewing seven or eight candidates. 
which I think has been met with pretty universal condemnation from uh, many City fans. I haven't seen anything on Twitter or any forum that has suggested that City fans have said, oh, that's a good idea, um, apart from one or two comments, which could have been tongue-in-cheek or sarcastic. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, I don't think it's good news. And if I was Chris Hewton, I'd be looking around for something else. Are you still there, Dave? Let me just put a different, uh, let me just put a different microphone uh, in because this one's not working. Did you, right, can you hear me, Ian? Have you got yeah, me? Did, yeah. did you get any of what I just said? I got absolutely everything that you said just then. And I was uh, right, okay. earpiece. Tom's joined us in the room. Yeah. Can you hear us, Tom? Yeah, you there as well? Yeah. 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 Let's just read that. Let's just read that piece that Gregor wrote a short while ago. Because I read that and I thought, oh my lord, talk about um, um, uh, you know, a sycophantic, don't want to upset anybody down at the club. And it was really how we do the right thing and it says you know he's written it as an explainer right as an explainer to look don't worry why the and it's all this i i, I was thinking, oh it was just making me sick and it, he was going on to say chris hewton was in bristol on friday to have his interview with bristol city but the former brighton and hove albion boss is not the only contender as reported this week blah 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 city supporters are impatient blah 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 especially with so much to decide on so little time to do it obviously we'll come on that in a minute Training starts in two and a half weeks. But he goes on to say, the board knows it's vital as a club aim to sort of get the hiring decision right. But it says that they, the Lansdowne, are very honourable in their business dealings. Perhaps they could even be regarded as a little old-fashioned in the best sense of that term. And they go to quote Neil Warnock, Bristol City were impeccable with how they dealt with the Reed and Marlon Pack transfer deals last season. Similarly, one EFL club owner we spoke to highly praised the work of Bristol City last summer in buying a player from the Rollins and all those involved in the, uh, in, in the um, it, it, all those involved, including the owners. And he says, Bristol City do things the right way and with class. That is part of the holdup. The club has been determined to make this the most thorough recruitment process it can, including waiting until the end of the season to speak to candidates already in jobs. CEO Mark Ashton is now speaking to a shortlisted candidates with their interest confirmed. I mean, guys, let me put this one to Tom. First time on uh, Forever Bristol City. I mean, oh, God, are we supposed to lap that stuff up? It sounds like the sort of stuff that comes out on the television, on the national news, when they're trying to say that coronavirus hasn't happened. What are your thoughts, Tom? It seems like we're coming across a bit too nice, to be honest, rather than just going out and getting Chris Ewan. Like, what was in... Apparently, was in touch with Stephen Gerrard this week. There's been that many managers linked with us now. Stephen Gerrard and you and the main two, I believe. But I think we're just going about our business too nice. We seem to be sort of that nice club. We do business the right way. I'd rather just be ruthless and go for it and get a, get Chris Hewton and go for the Premier League. I mean, you, you said, Ian, just a moment ago that if you were Hewton, you'd tell us to do one. I mean, I cannot believe that, you know, we're even contemplating Robbie Fowler Right. If we're not going to entertain John Terry for reasons that he's not proven as a manager at all and he's not that great and he's got his other history off the field in, uh, that's unappealing to corporate Bristol City, are they really going to consider taking on a manager who mocked his 
being done for cocaine by sniffing along the touchline after he scored a goal for Liverpool in his last match. I mean, I find that ridiculous that he's even being considered and he's in the final seven. What do you say to that, Ian? Well, we don't know who the final seven or eight are, Dave. Well, no, we uh, don't. We know, we, we know Chris Hewton's won. Robbie Fowler's applied. Well, I could have applied. You could have applied. Mm. Uh, it doesn't mean to say that uh, we'd be under consideration. So I think we need to be, I think we need to be careful. And, and while, while we're at it, I don't know that Robbie Fowler was done for cocaine. It was, it was rumoured that he used to do cocaine. And that's why he, he did that goal line celebration um, after he scored a hat-trick or something. So, look, I think we need the, the DNA for me, as Mark Ashton would say, is a um, an experienced manager, a winner, someone who's been there, seen it and done it. And Hewton falls into that category. And so, do, so does Nigel Pearson. So I think that's the type of guy we need. Um, now, if he's been interviewed, it may be the, uh, the point you made about him not being uh, known for developing youth um, uh, is standing in the way of him being the first choice. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you can't honestly say without sitting in a room with the Lansdowns and finding out why. My point is more one about timeline, where yeah. you've got <laughs> the season now, we know it starts 12th of September, as I thought. We know that the guy has now got six weeks to come in, do a complete review of the playing squad, yeah. do a review of the coaches, yeah. sort out a pile of out-of-contract players or players who will be out of contract in a year's time. That's the big one. Yeah. The ones that are out of contract and the loans that have expired are quite easy to deal with. You say, oh, just thanks very much, lad, shake hands, and off they go. And if you want to go in, make an offer per, for Pereira or Benicophobi or anybody else, you can go and make that offer. Mm. But until you've got a manager, say, well, actually, do you know what? No, I don't fancy him. Yeah. I'd rather have player X. Well, you, it's like or, having the money, because if they did go out and get him Pereira, who's a nice, nice, nice enough sort of lad, I'm sure. But, you know, he's going to cost probably three million quid or maybe two if it's we're in uh, post-COVID times. But, uh, I mean, Tom, with normal close seasons, you know, the season finishes at the end, of, uh, if you're ignoring playoffs, season finishes first week of uh, May, yeah? And then if you're going to can the manager, you can him then, and then they got the first week of July. That's 13 weeks. We are cutting it ridiculously fine, and it looks like we didn't have a plan in place when we sacked Johnson after the Cardiff game, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, I completely agree. It feels like we got rid of Lee Johnson very well. We got rid of him virtually straight away after the Cardiff game, and since then it's just been up in the air. We've given it to Dean Olden. I know there's only six weeks until the season starts, but we are in a very different time. So, I guess with the six weeks now, I'm, I'm not sticking up for anybody, but I guess we're going to be a little bit a little bit more rushed to put someone in place now, rather than if we did have the 13 week 13 week break over the summer. Yeah, I mean, what do you say? What do you, well, that's what you were saying, Ian, really. They've just left themselves a ridiculous uh, timeline, you know, in terms of players and contracts, because who's going to be managing Fam and uh, Nicholas Eliasson, you know, who, you know, are widely tipped to be our two most saleable assets, you know, new manager. Well, they're going to keep them, they? Well, they're going to go uh, on holiday, which is what all the players are doing for the next two weeks. 
Yeah. Uh, that might mean going home. Yeah. Uh, depending on how full of COVID where they're where they're from, I wouldn't think Eliasson. Eliasson might want to go back to Sweden. I don't think he'd want to go and see any relatives in Brazil. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure about um, FAM, which part of France he's from, whether it's one of the places it's been badly affected. Bear in mind, he's not, he's currently living in a, a badly affected country with, I think it's 130-odd deaths today. Um, Is that so, right? He's back in triple figures again, right? Okay. Yeah, the last week has been the highest for several weeks. So... You know, we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. You know, without but that's a separate issue. Wishing I mean, it's, it's interesting. It? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, know, they've gone away. Wear, wear a mask. I mean, it, it, they, they've gone away for, I think, two and a half weeks. They're back in training on Monday the 9th of August, right? So, you know, and yeah. looking at what's being said, you know, that's probably when the new manager is going to start and Unless they're just leading us a dance, that you know is just that they're not interviewing eight people. But Monday, the 9th of August, that gives them five weeks to get everything together. That really, you know, that that really is a short period. Saying that, the transfer window does go on till the uh, 16th of October, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so they've got a bit. Got they got a bit. Got to look at. Hmm. Well, they, they've got, but then you've got four weeks. And I understand some of the players that haven't uh, been involved in, or couldn't be involved, like uh, Taylor Morley and Walsh, Joe Morrell, are actually going to continue training so they get up to the required level of fitness when the other lads have a two-week break, which shouldn't affect them in any way negatively, and come back. Uh, obviously, they've been outside mm -hmm. of the Ashton Gate bubble, so there's a whole protocol around what has to happen to those players when they if particularly if they go abroad and come back um so and so that can't be ignored so i i really don't understand why we're going i mean what process did we go through with lee johnson before he was employed none what process did we go through well, with, with steve i Cottrell? don't think i think it none what process did we go through with gary johnson i mean look, let's look at let's none. look at shortlists yeah let's Let's look at shortlists and how you interview. And as uh, some people know, I'm here. Uh, yeah, that's what I do for a living. And somebody said eight seems long for a shortlist. It is. A typical shortlist is four or five candidates. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to get some people that say thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, I'm happy where I am, which is sort of what maybe Gerard has said to them. Or I'm happy with where I am. And even if you offer me the same money or better, I'm not going to come. Then you end up with a shortlist, let's say, of five. Your outstanding candidate is, is, is Chris Hewton, without a doubt. But he's going to cost you a bit more than you'd want to pay. Then you have two or three candidates on there that are... And for me, that is the likes of um, Paul Cook, and Alex Neal, I said on our Wednesday uh, podcast, I wouldn't be disappointed if either of those had got it. And then at the bottom, you s you sling in a wild card, somebody whose career is on the way up, you know, that you want to get them on the cheap a little bit. And that's where, in footballing terms, that's the likes of um, uh, Wellens, uh, uh, Mark Robbins, maybe he's in the middle tranche, and uh, the guy, um, who's the other guy that was mentioned from the lower levels, not the, the Newport guy. Ryan um, Lowe. Oh, Ryan Lowe, Plymouth. So they're people that would be on the shortlist. Then beyond that, yeah, you really and, – and this is the other thing. We talked about this earlier, Ian, with, 
you know, in business, when you're when you're recruiting an ops director, as you have done in the, in the past, right? You don't really know that much about his character and his DNA, and you can look at his CV and you can see he's been here and he's been there. Anybody on that shortlist, anybody, any football manager who's been on that shortlist, their track record is there. It's visible, and some of the things that they get to get up to off the field is visible as well, you know, that you can see, you know, so it might be that they've interviewed Chris Hewton and it was all very nice, but actually we don't, we don't like him. He's got the best CV, but you'd never employ somebody in that you felt the chemistry wasn't right. Would you? Well, no, because I mean, it's a little bit like the old story about Henry Ford, where he, he, he was, this company Ford motor company was struggling absolutely terribly. And he got a fella in, I can't remember his name, but he actually designed the car that saved the Ford Motor Company, which was the Mustang. And uh, he sacked him. And people said, Look, hang on, that guy saved your business. He, he, you know, he's a brilliant designer. He designed the Mustang. Why the hell did you sack him? He said, didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I, and that was... And I, think, that's, and I think that's really, I think that's really what, uh, I think that's really what happened with, uh, with Steve Cottrell. Yeah, that as we said earlier, that he was uh, in a previous broadcast, he wasn't a Lansdowne appointment. He was recommended by Keith Thor, and his style, right? It contradicted with them. Tom, I've got a question for you. Again, Gregor saying this in the, I'll call it the syncophatic article that's written in there. In in this is uh, in Bristol Live today that Dean Holden's getting an interview because he made a fine job in the last four games of the season, which he sort of did, yeah, but what what's your view on that? Is he, is he a contender? Because save two wins against bang average sides, right, two sides that aren't very good, you know, he, to me, he didn't do anything. What do you say to that, Tom? No, I don't, I don't think he's done anything at all, but hasn't he had job, hasn't he had job, job offers from lower league clubs in the past while he's been there as well? I've, I don't show so much job offers. I think he was was linked in. That's like that's like allegedly Lee Johnson had offers when he was until somebody puts you says, Here's a contract and this is what we're gonna pay you. It's sort of I mean don't get me wrong, I don't I I don't think Dean Olden is a contender. I think Gregor did ask him the other night if he's put an application in. I can't remember what he said specifically, but no, Dean Olden for me is definitely not someone to be on the shortlist or even get an interview for me. You should stick to being the assistant but then again if we do get somebody in is Dean Holden and McAllister going to stick around or if or will they, will they get the opportunity or, or will Lee Johnson take them even if they were yeah. left in a hiatus situation I mean Ian we've seen it in the past you know we talked about it with um, uh, with Brian T- well we talked about it with um, John Ward wanting outside help and somebody being imposed upon him. And then Brian Tinian, you've got to keep Keith Millen, Steve Cottrell, uh, Steve uh, Koppel, you've got to keep uh, Keith Millen again. Yeah. Chris Hewton might have come in and said, okay, um, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is the transfer of budget I want. And I've worked out that you can achieve what I want in that respect, but I want to break your wage structure to bring in some really good players. Oh, and by the way, I want Paul Trollope to be my assistant and he's going to cost you the same as what, Holden and McAllister, so I really want those to move out. And our nice board say, well, actually, he's done a fine job in the last few games of the season. You know, so, no, you've got to stick with him. 
Ian, well, can what, you imagine that conversation his... taking place like that? Yeah, what was it? What was Holden's record? It was was it four games, one, two, lost one, drew one, uh, drew one. Yeah. So well, like that, that that's not fine. a terrible record. If you no. if you did that over the course of the season, that's seven points out of twelve. Yeah. Um Which like you say it, it isn't it isn't terrible, um, but you know if. If you're going to go for Dean Holden, there is absolutely no point um, in sacking uh, Lee Johnson. What was the yeah. point? Yeah. You just keep going. If you're going to say, well, we really like what's happening at the moment, apart from the results, you'd have been just as well off saying, well, we'll just keep going until the results change. Unfortunately, we'd lost four on the spin. Yeah. Lee had a, a deserved reputation for having streaks. Some yeah. were quite good, but mostly they were bad. Like when was it eight he lost on the spin? And oh, then right. and then Steve Lansdowne taught I mean, was it putting two fingers up to the fans? Any other chairman would, would have sacked him. Uh, Steve Lansdowne gave him a four year deal. Yeah. But then Steve so, says that he pays he pays the money. So I hear what you say, but I pay all the bills and this is you know, we we've almost got We've almost got the worst of both worlds. We've got one of the, you know, we haven't got some despot type chairman, but we've got somebody that, as I think Tom or you said, Ian, earlier, we're doing things the honourable way. I mean, one of the big, uh, one of the threads that's been running uh, quite popular on OTIB uh, today is is um, started to do with the uh, what Huddersfield have done. I mean, they got rid of the Cowleys for reasons that, you know, well, they're obviously not in contention with that. At least I don't think they are. And they've taken um, five days to go up and uh, get in the number two to uh, Bielsa. Tom, I mean, do, do you think that's a good appointment or risk? I mean, nobody had heard of David Wagner before he went into Huddersfield, but he took them up. What do you think of that, Tom? Um, well, I think any management appointment is a bit of a risk, especially going in for somebody straight away. It feels like they haven't sort of scoped the market or looked who's around. However, when the Cowley brothers did leave, I can't remember if it was on TalkSport or Sky Sports, um, Huddersfield said that they already had someone in mind and it was Bielsa's assistant, who, reading today, because I've got a few friends who support Leeds, I'm up this way if you couldn't tell by my accent. Um, he's <laughs> Never. Sort of, yeah, he's uh, worked under Pochettino before. I can't remember his name, the new Huddersfield manager, you're going to have to forgive me. He's worked under Pochettino. He's worked with Coracan, Bielsa, so I think it is. Be, it sounds something like yeah. that. Nature. Yeah. He could, he could be a good fit. Um, I guess the proof would be in the pudding, really. I mean, the Cowley brothers, I live about 10, 15 minutes away from Lincoln, and they were like gods around here. Everyone was saying, oh, they can walk on water. They're going to go to Huddersfield. They're going to do wonders. And they didn't really do anything, really. And when they got sort of linked with the Bristol City job, I started to panic a bit because I thought, oh, no, Cowley ball, it's long ball. Stick it in the back of the net. That's how they play. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, but at least that's a defined play. And I think there's a, again here. We can talk. We can talk about. Go on. Sorry. Well, I, I was going to say the the playing style for the last two years hasn't been good. I mean, our, that's where our home record support. Um, it's been a uh, if you like not much of a plan A with no plan B or C. So yeah. I, I think. You know, and, and their Bristol Live are doubling down on the we may have to be patient line. Um, why the search for Bristol City's next head coach is taking so long. It's the same article, but with a, a different picture. And um, no, I mean, I, I, I think that 
Um, the, the, if you're going to go for somebody like the Cowleys or Ryan Lowe or um, Mike Flynn, nothing against any of them, but you, then you may as well have stuck with Lee. Yeah. yeah. For, for, certainly for until the end of the season. Um, and, and had that continuity. I think the problem was it was a bit of a shock when we came back after lockdown and lost four on the bounce. Uh, and and I think that you just got to the point they just got to the point where it it was a little bit of a panic reaction after the Cardiff game and they were getting dogs abuse on all the forums and all the rest of it that they thought hang on we better we we better move Lee on but the fact he gave him a four year contract last year I mean he, he stuck with paying Lee's wages for three years or negotiating a lump sum payoff. Uh, if if he gets another if he gets another job if he gets another job and if if I was say at home on half a million pound a year I don't think I'd be breaking my neck to get another job. Well, I think that's what Steve Cottrell probably did for a good part of his time. Or yeah. what was Cottrell's contract when he left? You I, know, I mean, I think he had two years left. Yeah. Or, so or do you at least think? Do you think here? Do you think here? Yeah, do you think if we'd have drawn against Cardiff, let's play out the scenario. Let's say we'd drawn against Cardiff, yeah, mm-hmm. and then we'd beaten Hull and we'd beaten Middlesbrough and, and then we'd lost and to, to whoever. You know, do you think do you think they had a plan? Because if you think Lee was on a bit of a downward curve before lockdown, <clears> yeah, and then three games in, three in a row, you've lost it. Do you think they had? Do you think it was a knee-jerk reaction on the night of the Cardiff game? Because they had no plan no, in I, place. I, no, I think it was coming. But I mean, is it right to say that if we'd beaten Cardiff in Swansea, and I mean we only lost the two games one 0 we didn't we didn't lose them ten 0 But if we'd have beaten Cardiff yeah. and Swansea, no, if we'd have beaten both of those, that? we could have been there. Yeah, yeah, we'd have had another six points, and what we finished with sixty three. Yeah. Yeah. So if, yeah. So that would give us. But if we'd have picked up, if we'd have picked up, but you got to look at the run before the lockdown as well, right? No, Where, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about yeah. if if this had happened um, prior to the to lockdown, if we'd have beaten those two teams, I think we because yeah. obviously then Swansea would have had three points less, Cardiff would have had three points less, and I think they finished on seventy, so they'd have finished on sixty-seven, and I think we'd have finished on sixty-seventy. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's how. That's yeah. what the narrow yeah. margins are. But it's fine margins. That's what they say. Yeah, but, that's what they say. But the chairman had said at the start of the season. He said playoffs as a minimum. So Tom, do you think that let's say we'd have ended up? We hadn't lost the Cardiff game. We'd have got a point there and dropped another. You know, we, we could have drawn the last four or something silly like that and <laughs> fallen short. Right? Do you think if we'd have finished in? I can't remember where. We're going to finish 12th now, aren't we? Or we have finished 12th. But if we'd have finished 11th, you know, maybe one point more than we got at the moment, Tom, do you think he would have said, you failed in what I set as the objective? You're going, yeah? Yeah. Do you think he'd have got rid of him, come what may? Or do you think, as I did and others that I've spoken to, that you might have said, well, it's been a bit of a difficult season and we're going to give him another run? What What do you say, Tom? Yeah, I think we probably would have given him a very early run into next season. But then again, I don't think I really want, would have wanted to give him another transfer window, give him more money to spend. So, yeah, I, th- I think he would have gone at the end of the season, definitely if we didn't get playoffs. 
Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. the big, the big I mean, deal Ian, you... was, was, yeah, was giving the guy a four-year contract when things were going badly wrong. And I think that he did exactly the same thing with Gary. And I, I don't know what it is. And Gary, as we know, got left with a whacking great lump sum payoff. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be surprised well, who needs that a pension? again. Because I... Who needs a pension? Who needs a pension when you can uh, get one by being friends with the Lansdowne's? That's the thing, isn't it, really? Because, you well, know, I mean, the Johnson I, I, I family has done very well over the years, haven't I they? Can't, I can't understand his, his reasoning on doing that. If he'd have said to Lee, look, you just lost eight on the spin. I'm going to give you a one-year rolling contract, and that's the best I can do. Because if, if you go on all the fans' forums, there's probably 70%, 80% want you out of here, mate. I think that would have had exactly the same effect. I um, seem to remember when he got the deal as well. Uh, Lansdowne said it was the fend-off of a club's coming in for Johnson, which I totally can't see, especially when he's just lost eight or nine on the spin as well. No, that's exactly right, Tom. And, and, yeah. and you know, we had this thing with Gary. When he was there, he was linked with every job going, never got any of them. And when he left... Um, I think Peterborough was the next one. Yeah. And then it, it's been downwards ever since. Yeah. You know, if you look at the level he's managing at now, and I think he's a good manager at that level, um, you, and with, with obviously with the, the, the help of uh, an awful lot of, you know, it's like the Bristol City development squad down there sometimes, isn't it? We've had Jenna down there and Robbie Cundy and um, players like that. So, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think the answer um, to, to it all is everything down there is going to be completely up in the air until such time as we have a new manager appointed. And I don't think the fans are going to be in any way accepting of anybody but a top-class appointment. And for that, Reed, for me, one of the experienced guys, and, and all the polls on Twitter, OTIB, um, Bristol City Forum, Cider Eds, whatever you want to call it, Hewton is by far the most popular choice. So and the most you know, and the most qualified and the most qualified. Yes, I, I, I would definitely say so, and I think you know Chris Hewton's record, and, and you know you can get into the likes of well, what kind of football does he play? What was he doing? But if I said to you now, look, next season we'll win every game one nil. Some of those one nil wins will be with penalties, but we'll go up to the Premier League. Or I'll tell you what, we'll you know, we'll put all the kids in and we'll see how it goes, but we might get relegated or we might not go up. What what's the vast majority of fans gonna say, well, no, oh, no, wait a minute, no, 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 I don't want to do that. So if we had a bit of solid grinding stuff, it's gonna be no worse than what we've we've put up with over the last well, two I years. Think, I think I think if you could put Hewton in, you're saying Next season, it's it has to be top two because you've gone out and pe- Whereas I think if you bought in a Paul Cook, and I'm speaking as an individual here, if you bought in Paul Cook and you say, right, next season, the spine of our side is going to be, well, I say Max O'Leary in goal, David Bentley, but Max O'Leary in goal, you know, Taylor Moore, Liam Walsh in midfield. We keep fam for whatever reason. And actually, you served up a home season where we were rubbish away, but we were free scoring at home, winning 14 home matches, yeah, but maybe only winning five away. But the football was good to watch. I think you'd appease a lot of the people who are pissed off, that's the only word to describe it, with the crap 
that we've been served up since the second half of 2017-18 season. I mean, would you agree with that, Tom, that people would accept stability if the home form was... It was good to go down there. You enjoyed it. And it was kids that were giving 100%. What, what do you say to that? Yeah, I definitely agree with instability in the club as well. But I think a lot of our fans, without having a go, are quite fickle, really. And I, I think a lot of people think we're actually a lot bigger than what we are and we deserve a lot better than what we get. In my opinion, we're a good top-half championship side and we've been successfully doing that with Lee Johnson, whether or not the football's been good or not. So I think the next appointment, we need to be looking at that next-level manager. So for me... I, as much as I think Paul Cook would be a good appointment, I don't think yeah. it's I mean, it's good. It's a good point you raised there, and this is something. Yeah, this is something I was going to. No, no, I, 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 and you know, and again, if it was a Ivanovic, you might think something like that, or some foreign coach. I mean, do you think there's any? I mean, that Gustav Dam. I mean, his track record again off the field isn't that great, Ian, and he's quite a mature guy as well. Well, he's probably the same age as me. But um, Ian, do you do you think? In that short list of allegedly seven, there's a foreign person on there that might be a bit of a curveball, surprise everybody? Well, I know there's somebody on there who lives abroad, whether they're an Englishman or a, a Brit living abroad, or whether it's somebody from abroad. I don't know, because that's what it said in the article. Uh, on the, oh, well, we'll have a season of just playing nice football. No, don't want that at all. Um I, mm. The next level for us is get promoted, right? Or at least get in the playoffs. Yeah. Now, if we can do that by, by playing yeah. cosmic football um, yeah. and being the Barcelona of the championship, you won't find anybody happier than me. Um, but uh, yeah. I, and, and if you bring in somebody else... All right, let's, let's say uh, the points deduction is upheld, as it probably will, because that's the penalty for going into administration. Um, then, and we're going to go down, then you get into a situation uh, where you might be able to, you know, Paul Cook might be able to walk in Wigan or sell in uh, a few of their better players. I'd like to see us, as I, as I said last summer, sign Kiefer Moore, because, you know, we need that kind of big bloke up front, particularly if Fam decides he's leaving or we sell him because he only got a year left on his contract. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, no, I, I'd be saying, right, you're coming in, but the caveat I'd put on it, and I noticed it, Chris Hewton has said to some people about the job, allegedly it's reported, that he's sure that he can get the club promoted providing he gets the backing. So we don't yeah, want. I've seen that quote. I've seen. We that don't. Quote. We don't want Steve, and, and it'd be the same for any manager. I don't want Steve to flip from largesse to austerity. I mean, I think any manager that goes in, he's going to be saying to him, "Right, you, you, you can spend what you can bring in plus think of a number somewhere between five and ten million. Yeah. That's what you've got. Don't be coming to me saying you want to sign." you know, X, Y, Z from Bayern Munich for 27 million, because it's not happening. No. And I think that would be fair. I mean, I think it was more than fair to Lee. Every player we sold, that money was reinvested. So we sold Pat, yes, we bought Masengo. Yeah. We sold Brownhill, we bought Naki Wells. So yeah. that was, if you like, that was how it was. Um, so... That's the remit for the manager. Now, now, if Hutton comes in, he says, "Right, I've had a look at the squad. 
Um, half of them are going, this is what I think I can raise. And Steve Lansdowne, because it will be his decision, says, right, OK, we'll spend that. Then he gives Mark Ashton a list of players and says, right, these are the half a dozen people I want. I mean, I think we need a holding midfield player, a centre forward and two centre halves because we've got two centre halves leaving the club in Williams and Benkovic. So I, I think th- that's the kind of guy that you want who's going to drive it. And yeah. um, well, Hewton's that Hewton has to be Hewton has to be that man. Um, Tom, come back to you on that. Ian said we need central defenders. Interesting point in one of the press articles today about players that were leaving, and it was almost like Nathan. Because I, I was saying earlier in the week to contradict you, Ian, that looking at next season, we got Taylor Moore, Zach Viner, Baker, and Callas. Why would you need to bring in? a central defender when you've got those four. But I was surprised, Tom, to read that City would consider letting Nathan Baker go. Do they think, do you think they think he's a bit of a liability with X number of uh, retiring injured in the first half to his name over the last three years? Yeah. I don't know whether you saw that comment, but that surprised me a bit. Who who was authorised almost to say, well, we'd listen to offers for Baker? Yeah, I'd listen to office, office for Baker. It does make me laugh. Most first half I do watch, I see Ian on Twitter saying, oh, here we go again. Is is Quaver Crisps or whatever people call him on Twitter these days. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely look at moving him on. That loan season we had him, when it was him and Flint in the back, that was probably some of the best football I've seen him play. Although yeah. a few games this season, I've seen him going for a few tackles and I've gone, yeah, he's, he's all right, he's all right. He's, he's just far too injury prone for me, though, to be a decent championship Centre back. I mean, on his day, he's probably up there with the best. But for me, I'd move him on. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. he's got one one year left on his contract. And, yeah. And you've yeah. got to remember, we originally paid four and a half million quid. Yeah. For him. Now we got yeah. him, I think, for three and a half because Land that Villa were desperate for they cash just, when the well, team. they owed us money for Codger, didn't they? Yeah, because we never know. Yeah. We'll never know. So Lansdowne did some kind of deal where it said, "Well, you know, you can wait for your two and a half million, or I'll give you a million now in full in final settlement." And they went for it. So. Yeah. I think yeah. you've got um, – so you've got th- that. And I think with all those players, the first conversation is going to be, right, do you want to stay here or do you want, would you prefer to leave? Let's have an yeah. honest conversation. Uh, don't know. Right, okay. Well, don't know to me means you might want to leave. So this is the best contract we can offer you. Yeah. You've got two weeks to dis- to sign it or leave. And when I say leave, go on the transfer list. Right, because it might be difficult to start shifting players, because you know everybody's going to be in the same boat with this COVID and one thing and another. So you then say, right, so we're putting you on the transfer list uh, and do your best for us while you're here. But you, you know, if we get the right offer, um, get your agent in, sit him down, and tell him to get you a move because you've told us that you don't want to stay yeah. by either saying I don't want to stay or I prefer a move. You know, at the age I am, you can dress it up a bit and say, well, the age I am, I'd like a last move. Okay, great. You're on the transfer list. If someone wants you, they're going to come in and they're going to have to pay the money. Yeah. Because, you know, but if you leave it until the Christmas, which, by the way, is exactly what I think we'll do with nearly all of them. Yeah. Then you're going to be getting, you know, a million quid for Baker, uh, two million quid for Fam. Yeah. And a million pound for Nicholas Silas, and you won't yeah. you won't even get get the money back you paid yeah. for him. So, I think I think it needs somebody that's that's strong and direct and knows where they can go out and and get some ready made, if not long term, 
replacements. I mean, the player I thought of as soon as Hewton was linked was Glenn Murray. He'd do the yeah. same sort of job for us as, um, as Albie did, Aaron Wilbraham. Yeah, no, you're and, right. And that, he's, he's not going to last 10 years, but that is the type of player you need, a leader, a tough guy, yeah. and who's going to drag you through the last 15, 20 minutes of games. That's, yeah. that's what you want, you know, that voice. This, this business of timing is critical because, again, if, you, if we do end up getting a Ryan Lowe type Tom, I mean, you know, the experience, you know, they're not, they've not been managers for that long. I mean, Ryan Lowe, let's say, you know, we get turned down by Hewton. He goes elsewhere, yeah? Mm-hmm. Ryan Lowe gets the job. You know, all, no disrespect to the chap, but he hasn't got a lot of experience. And how is Ashton going to spin that with the fans that if we end up losing, because, again, this has been said on the a lot of the postings on various forums today, that, you know, we had all the palaver with Nikitar that he was joining us and, you know, we took it right down to the wire. And then in the summer of 2015, Andre Gray and Dwight Gale, we seem to be setting unrealistic targets. How do you think Ashton will spin it that, oh, we've appointed Ryan Lowe, we've gone for an up-and-coming manager? Again, you, know, you wouldn't want to be in his job, would you? No. no um, I think Ashton will just come out of what he always says, like, it's in the DNA, trust the process. I mean, if I'm honest with you, I, I saw somebody's Twitter today, it made me laugh, um, he said he wouldn't be surprised if Ashton goes for all the candidates and he makes himself head coach. So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean that that really would be the last straw because he's not exactly yeah. Mister Popular at Ashton Gate, no. not with the fans. No, no, no. You're right. I mean, he's got all the corporate speak. Now, let's talk about a couple of other things because we've been uh, chundering away for a bit on the the obvious one, the manager, which is what the topic was. Um, austerity, um, forty job cuts or whatever at Ashton Gate. Ian, you and I did some numbers earlier today that the cost of Ashley Williams and Afobi's wages conservatively at 30 grand a week, collectively, that's a conservative number, I'm sure, 52 weeks, that's 1.6 million. That would keep those 40 people employed for two years, right? Now, somebody put a similar post on one team in Bristol and said, these people who've been made redundant have been made redundant because of the downturn in business so their jobs have gone it's not a case of preserving them in jobs but you had quite a few strong views about you know the players and the fact that they didn't take a cut they took a deferral and therefore you know that maybe they could have had a different view that's that's, what do you you like that's that's correct i mean the reason you make people well you're quite right if if someone's made redundant then it's not the person, it's the job that's made redundant. Although I see there was a, some headlines in the Evening Post about uh, a restaurant that Jamie, Call- Jamie McAllister is a co-owner of in Long Ashton, where he seems to have fallen foul of that because they sacked some chefs. Or they didn't sack them, they made them redundant. And um, now they're advertising for the chefs. And, and there are, all these things are time limited, but I don't. I think as these guys only went in March or something, I don't think you can re-advertise their um, their jobs, depending on the way they left the business. But we'll leave that there. No, my my, my view is that yes, we're, we're. I mean, we don't at the moment the way things are. We we don't need any staff. 
no. you know, we, 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 we don't need any, I mean, you don't need turnstile operators anymore because it's all electronic unless it, you know, you don't need stewards, you don't need, so you could follow that argument through with, you know, you could follow that argument through with anybody, uh, with anybody down there, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, do, I don't do call. Need, do you need a media I mean, what, team? What, 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 well, exactly. That's the thing with the media. I mean, but what do you call? No. I wouldn't call a turnstile person because we did the numbers when we did that thing. We assumed that everybody down there was on twenty grand a year, and turnstiles. I would call those casual staff on match days. I think it's in the commercial department where you know they've all been on furlough, and all City have done is what a lot of companies are going to do. That when the furlough money stops, bang you haven't got a job because there's no demand. I mean, Tom, what's your view on, you know, I mean, they don't want this to get the political, but City have only really done what a lot of companies are going to do. They've just shed themselves of staff that they don't need in as things are at the moment, haven't they? Yes? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I've not read that much into it because it's not really something I like getting into, if I'm honest. Uh, however, yeah, tend to agree. If we don't need the staff, then... Let's see whether she should be there, to be honest, as well as getting paid. Yeah. I mean, Ian, well, no, my, my, point, point, yeah, my point was, that if, if the players, instead of the players were, were the, the more highly paid players, I'm not talking about the kids in the academy or anybody like that, or perhaps your, you know, your Joe Morels or whatever, but the, the, the average wage down there, if you work it out, is about 14 grand a week. Now, if you're on players 14 wage. grand a week... Players' wage, that is, yeah. Players' wage. So... Yeah. If you're on that kind of money, you can very easily take a four grand cut. And bearing in mind, you're not taking a four grand cut. You're taking it. It won't even work out four grand over a year because you're only taking that cut for, what, six months top. So we'll call it two. And yeah. you, you could take that cut and that would enable the club to pay some people, even if it's only up until October, to keep them in a job which yeah. they all had jobs before. So if, if you needed them all before, you're going to need them when the new season kicks off. You're absolutely going to need them because yeah. you know, what, what, if, if you're not, why were they there in the first place? And exactly. it's, it's not five or six, it's, it's about 40. Yeah, uh, you say it's a bit interesting. You say you're going to need you're going to need them, yeah. But are you going to need them in the current format? Because again, they've said they no, no, no. But you'll need them in you need, need them in October yeah, when we all British Airways do. You say right, we're going to re-employ you, and instead of being on uh, twenty-five grand a year, you're going to be on fifteen. Take it or leave it. Yeah, but in saying that, look, the new season has been confirmed that it's going to start on the twelfth of September. But I also read somewhere for the first time that they're going to restrict entry to grounds to one third of the stadium capacity, which in Ashton Gate terms is about eight and a half thousand. Now, if we've got 14,000 season ticket holders, how is that going to work? Are they going to say to all the, and I'm one of those, all the corporate people, you guys can come, we can't give you any food, but you're guaranteed to all the games? Or are they going to say people can come? in rotation, you know, but because I don't see the corporate lounges being open and I don't see, you know, which company is going to advertise perimeter at Ashton Gate in, you know, when they're going to be running out of money. Some, I mean, advertising is a discretionary spend. So, you know, starting on the 12th of September, we're not going to be walking back into the grounds then. Do you think uh, Ian and Tom are going to be walking back into the grounds? No. No, I don't. I mean, they've said already... Johnson said October, hasn't he? Um, 
And, you know, and, and that's a guess. Uh, because if we get a second spike, we could be locked down again and we're not going to be back in there until Christmas. So, you know, it's all this buts and maybes. Um, but my point was more of a general one. I mean, Lee Johnson and Mark Ashton both took pay cuts. Yeah. Um, uh, the the uh, players took a deferral. And I just think in um, morally... That's the wrong thing to do. They should have took a cut, and the cut could have been used to keep some of the people down there uh, on on furlough. I mean, you've got to remember the government's yeah. been picking up picking up eighty percent. Eighty percent. No, you're right. You're right. No, they so, could so have kept on, the people on. They could have kept the people on. Yeah, they could have kept the people if, on. If, if they're on the minimum wage, Dave, that's they're on the minimum wage, and the government's picking up eighty percent of it. I mean, city's cost is absolutely buttons, and it's going to make no difference at all. In the scheme of things, now if they start laying off people like Lisa Knight, John Lansdowne, Mark Ashton, poor oh, blimey, that's going to make a difference. Yeah. So, so you know, it's a, it's all a matter of of you know, if you want to save money and you go in to do turn rounds, as you know, I I do business turn rounds. You, you don't start with the cleaners. No. And and, and um, you know, I, I just think the whole thing. I think, you know, I don't think it was it, that's the right thing to do. Oh. And we originally thought that that's why they didn't want to announce a new manager who's going to be on, let's say he's on the same money as Lee Johnson, who's on half a million a year, um, at the time when you're laying off people on the minimum wage who, who are going but to have then, to... As we, as, we said, as we said earlier, though, if you say, right, you know, that it's a loss-making venture anyway, Bristol City, and last year we went for it, we had a massive wage bill. If you just had two less players on the playing squad, yeah, of the weekly wage of Messrs. Afobi and Williams, for example, right, that thirty grand a year, thirty grand a week saving equates to one and a half million. You could almost keep everybody on board for another year at that lower level, just to keep the infrastructure intact, yeah, and just losing two players off a bloated squad. Yeah, is no big deal, is it? At the end of the day, because we have got too many. We got too. Well, we've had this argument before. Too many average, too many average players, rather than a few stars. And you know, I, I mean, yeah, bringing in Chris Hewton at a million a year against Leeds, half a million, it doesn't look good when you're making forty people redundant. I mean, Tom, what? Oh, Tom's le Tom's uh, left us, but thanks for him uh, joining uh, in. Uh, his other half is uh, giving the eye to leave the house. Welcome as well. While we're talking to. Uh, Les, who says can't understand the dodgy, dodgy accents. I think he might mean Tom there. Les, your contribution is welcome if it is. Georgie BCFC entered the studio. Welcome to you. Uh, Cookie said a few minutes ago, I agree with Ian. I read an article last night about all the players who could be released by Brighton. One of those was Glenn Murray and the fact that he could be our championship. Wilbraham. Beard is in the studio. Nighty, Belter, Mark James, Shuffle. Uh, Symbolised said... This is about half an hour ago. Somebody sounded like they just took a slash. Nice. I think that was uh, somebody making themselves a glass of water there. Uh, Neil Wellington, thanks for entering if you're still listening. And I think I've already said uh, nighty. But, Ian, yeah, we're right. I mean, these, these cuts, you've got to start at the top. And the top, in terms of most impact, is player wages, isn't it? Yeah, so just drop, don't, you know, what was the cost of Benkovic and... You know, the other loan play and Hen well, Henriksen left, but you know, that's how you save money, don't you? 
and keep the little people. Yeah, I mean, you've got to look. Oh. You could, well, you've got to look at it too. I mean, I mean, um, a phobie still paid twelve million pounds for him. So there's no way he's on any less than about 35, 40 grand a week because when he joined them, they were in yeah. the Premier League uh, or he's a Premier yeah. League player. I think he came from Bournemouth. Um, so you've got yes, Fobi, you've got ben- you've got Benkovic, who Leicester paid 13 million from Dynamo Zagreb for. Um, then you've got Pereira, who's playing for Benfica. So I wouldn't have thought he was on fantastic money, but I mean, Benfica are a big club. So you've got those three. You've got Ashley Williams, who I'm guessing for us to sign him would have wanted 15, 20 grand a week. 15, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's say 15 as he was at a contract and didn't have a club. So, you know, that's an awful lot of money. But then again, you've got that limited cost window, haven't you? You've got to say, right, okay, we're paying out this. But guess what, guys? In, as it would have been, June... That all stops. That all goes away. And by the way, uh, Nicky Moynpah's going, Corey Smith's going. Um, so, and, and they're, yeah. um, they're not on buttons either. Um, although, I, I, although I've said, I've gone on yeah. record saying I would, I would offer Corey uh, a new shorter term contract and keep him because I think he's a handy player to have around. Um, but what you know, this is part of what the new manager's got to do because he might go in there and say, "Well, you know, what what, what do I want Eliasson for? I'm not going to play with wingers. Not not that we do now, yeah. and, and we've probably got six wingers at the club. So, yeah. you know, that's but, what I, the I new mean, manager is. Conversely, you don't want to. Yeah. Conversely, you don't want to let the yeah. bloke go, and then then a new guy comes in and says, "Oh yeah, I'm four four two all day long." Yeah. And you, then you go, "Oops." I mean, somebody so, made a point on here the other day. You talk about over-egging it because, you know, backroom staff and God knows what else. You know, we've got directors of football, head coach, assistant head coach, assistant head coach. We've got two of those. Somebody made a good point the other day that we had four goalkeepers on the books, right? Bentley, Mempar, O'Leary and Gil Martin because somebody pointed out Gil Martin isn't a bloody coach sorry the, the goalkeeping coach and i'd forgotten about him is a guy called pat mountain why do we need four goalkeepers yeah, let one go out well, on you, loan you, yeah you don't but you've also you've left out jojo woolacott That's, yeah so we've actually we've yeah. actually got five yeah so, so and, and, and get... if you took if you took i mean let's look at let's look at their let's look at their wages there right bentley's got to be on Ten grand a week. I mean, John Stebb was earning that because I heard that from somebody. Yeah. Well, I heard that directly through John Bentley's on ten k a week. Max O'Leary, okay, he's been out. He's been out on loan. What's Max O'Leary on? Four k a week. Yeah, because he's come back now. Yeah. What's What's Gil Martin earning, Ian? What would you say Gil Martin's on? I don't know. A couple of grand a let's, week. Let's I don't call know. It, I, let's call I, it. Let's call it. Let's call it. Let's call it. A, let's, I'll be harsh and call it a grand. What was Nicky Mempar on? I would have guessed somewhere between five and ten because he came from Brighton. No, he came from Brighton. Let's call it seven k. And Jojo Woolacott, he's on a grand as well, right? So one seven eight nine four is thirteen twenty three grand a week on bloody five goalkeepers. Yeah, and you've got when you add up. Well, that's 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 why our wage. That's a million a year. Yeah, but that's why our wage bill is 101% of income. 
But, and it, it's know, been worse than that. It's been round about 125%. And if you yeah. had, you know, if, if you ran a business like that, you the bank would call you, you in tomorrow. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, if you look at it, you say Bentley is our number one. Okay, O'Leary is out on loan, right? we got Mempar, so you've got a good number one and number two, right? But, you know, you then got so Jojo Wallacott, who's on the verge of the first-team squad. But you say you don't need Gil Martin and Pat Mountain. You have one, you don't have both. Yeah, would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's correct. And Gil Martin wasn't, you know, when he was joining us, uh, he came from Colchester. And if you converse with Colchester fans via Twitter or whatever, um, they were saying he was the worst goalkeeper they'd ever had. And yeah. We're talking about Colchester, not Man United. Well, you remember so, Marinovic. Hey, we got somebody else joining us here. Uh, here he is. He's come in. Let's let him in the studio. Les, welcome. Can you hear me? <laughs> we can hear you. You've been talking about the dodgy accents. And I'm guessing since Ian and I are both Bristol boys, him being the one of the real name, you're talking about Tom, who's left us because he's had to go elsewhere. Oh, is that right. right? I don't know. I don't know who's who. I was just listening. All right. So what 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 do you want to contribute, Les? We talked about the match. What's your sort of quick 30-second wrap on why we haven't got Hewton yet? As I said, yet. Do you think he's going to come? The What's reason we ain't got Hewton yet is because we spent three weeks trying to get Steven Gerrard. And what they've done is they pretended there's some big recruitment thing going on, when in fact they were just trying to get him. That's what I think. Do you? What do you think about that, Ian? Were we doing a Nikitar with Gerard putting all our eggs in one basket? What do you mean, Nketiah? No, don't split eggs, mate. <laughs> it, it, I, I thought you could start talking about Nickelodeon then, some, no, some no, no, no. Avatar or something I mean, like I, that. I, I, um, I sort of see where I, 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 I see where Les is coming from on that. I mean, do you think that's true? Interestingly, because it, Vasterman, it, who are the agents that seem to have a Jorge Mendes control with Ashton like Jorge Mendes does with Wolves, right? Vasserman are Gerard's agents and they are, it's been documented in the press this week, I think, Ashton's preferred agent who does all our deals. Do, do, you, think, do you think Les is right with that view? Well, he could well be. We don't. The honest answer is we don't know, do we? Because there's only three people who actually know and that's the, the two Lansdowns and Mark Ashton. Um, final decision maker would be Steve Lansdowne. Yeah. Always is and always will be while he's uh, the man that the man that signs the big checks. Um, so, I, I'm, yeah, I think Les, Les could possibly be right. We did seem, and we've done it before, to put all our eggs in one basket. And, and Ketty is a great example of that. You put all your eggs in one basket, then all of a sudden you're scrabbling around at the 11th hour and making a choice from what's left. And I'm afraid that could be the way that we go with the the manager. I mean, they, they apparently they've interviewed Hewton, and they should know now in their heart of hearts whether he's the fella that, that, that they want. I mean, whether they like him or, or not. I mean, you, you know, you're not employing somebody to run a glee club. You're running a football manager yeah, who you want to get... Yeah, go on, yeah. Les. Les yeah. What I mean, if you had a short list of three now, which didn't have Hewton on it because he's gone off. Well, and firstly, first, firstly, yeah. let me just say, if we wanted Chris Hewton, we would have had him two weeks ago because he came out and said he was interested in the job, but then yeah. we heard nothing because we were too busy trying to get Stephen Gerrard. I mean, this is a bloke who's turned down what four, five, six jobs in the last year, turned down championship teams, and we're Bristol City and think we can do better than Chris Hewton. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's a bit of arrogance about this about the football club. Uh, and what will happen is if we leave it too long, it'll end up saying, you know what, I was interested, but I'm going to go somewhere else because there'll be plenty of clubs in for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so, you're right. I think that's 100% right. If we right. really wanted him, if we really wanted him, we, we would have had him by now. Yeah. No, you go yeah, for I, the man I, to I do think... the job. I mean, I've, I've just, I've, I mean, again, repeating myself, I've, that's what I do for a living, right? And I had a client, he said, I want this, we want our business to do that, go out and find somebody. And I first, you know, one phone call, didn't know the guy, well, I probably did, I met him about seven years ago. I said, got a job here it's not in a great location for you but it's a chance to to do this this and this and the guy he got off with the job yes i came up with two or three other people on the shortlist that's doing the job properly right yeah, but i yeah, found yeah, yeah. the man to do the job but les let me ask you a question yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. if hewton tells them to do one right yeah who of the remaining candidates, give me three names that if right. you or any of them right. would be any good, you accept. Mm-hmm. You'd say it ain't Hewton, but it's okay. Right, my my first choice throughout this whole thing, right, was Paul Cook. My yeah. reason for Paul Cook was because he plays good football. His teams have a proper philosophy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's got proven success in the clubs that he's done it. Where was he? Portsmouth, he got him up. Yeah. Where else? Ireland. Chesterfield, Sligo Rovers. Sligo. Everywhere he's been, he's been successful. And he plays good football. Yeah. He ain't a Lansdowne man, though, is he? He ain't a Lansdowne man. And and why do you say that? Because he's sort of got a touch of the Steve Cottrell's about him. He's not Mr. Mr. Syrupy Talk and what have you. Listen, listen, he's quite aggressive and he's not a very polished character, is he? Well, it's interesting you use that term polished, yeah, because, you know, that's why I was alluding to earlier. I can't believe Robbie Fowler's on the shortlist. And obviously, uh, he's, John not the, he's, not on the, he's not on the shortlist, is he? Robbie Fowler ain't on the shortlist for any championship club in this country. Well, Gregor was alluding to the fact that he might have had an interview. So if they're saying they've oh, got. I think a that's shortlist. bollocks. Isn't you think that is? No, no, they didn't. They, uh, they they didn't say he'd had an interview. They just he'd said applied. Robbie Fowler applied. Yeah. had applied, and so did the Cowley brothers. But yeah. you know, there's there's been over fifty applicants, and it's, you know, it's like all the time you get people applying for a job, and you know, one bloke, oh yeah, I'd like to be the manager of Bristol City. He's a Milton. Yeah. You know, so, so, in t- can I just say in terms yeah, of the top three? In terms of the top three, you were saying, yeah, I don't think I don't think. There's a lot of depth to the field. People say, like Mark Robbins, yeah, he's had a good season at Coventry, but he's been sacked from all the other jobs he's been in. Yeah. And then you people say, um, Gerard, again, what success has he had in Scotland? It's been limited. Yeah. He's kept the second best team second. And I, I granted, I appreciate he's a big name. He will, he will get the players up. You know what I mean? The players will play for him because it's Stephen Gerard. But in terms of actually getting the right man for the job, in my opinion, there's only two people. And that's Chris Hewton because of his track record of success and Paul Cook because of yeah. his track record of success. I don't think about, anyone else... How about, Nigel, how about Nigel Pearson? Again, I don't think he's a Lansdowne man. I think he's too much of a... I don't think of any, of the, any of the three are. I think you're looking for... You know, if you want I think, a Lansdowne I think, man... I think, no, no, I think you're looking, looking, for, looking for Lee Johnson too, aren't you? No, 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 Which no, no. Chris, we Chris might as well Hewton, have kept Lee Johnson one. Chris Hewton is very much a Lansdowne man. He's very polished. He's very professional. He'll give the club a good name in the way he presents himself. Okay, he's not young, but in terms no, of the I brand, agree. I think I agree perfect. with what you say there. I do agree with what you say there. And it's coming back to this polish thing, isn't it? Because, you know, we all know that 
Well, so we all know, I took the view that Luke Ayling got binned out of the club because he was guilty by association with the piss bottle incident at the Cheltenham Gold Cup. We see, and it goes back to what Gregor was saying, we like to do things the right way, yeah? And everybody thinks you know, Mark is, Mark Ashton's Mr. Smoothie. Ian, do you think, you know, we're, we are a bit of a, you know, we're trying to be too nice in what we do with all of this. What do you think? Well, I, I think you, you. I wouldn't use the word nice. I'd use the word corporate. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's nice when people say, "Well, they were a great club to deal with," but you know, I noticed all those people had bought something from us. They bought a yeah. player from us, so they might have come for a player that. I mean, Warnock said when he signed Pack, I was amazed that he'd be available. Bristol City made him available. <laughs> that was, yeah. you know, that that was a comment from Warnock. Um, yeah. So I, I think if you any if you look at Chris Hewton, he's got the credentials. He comes across very well. I've listened to him in conversation. I've listened to him doing a podcast uh, when you know when I thought he was coming in, and he seems um, a, a very strong. Uh, he's a London boy, very strong, educated guy. Yeah, and I don't I don't think he'd have any no. messing. He's he's our age. And, and I think sometimes you need that. But, you know, it's all about he might perhaps, you know, he hasn't done the best presentation or something like that. But you've, you've, you've got to look beyond those things. You know, it's yeah. like when somebody has a psychometric test. That's yeah. a guide. It doesn't it, it doesn't um, it informs the decision. It doesn't make the decision. Yeah. Les, one name we haven't mentioned, and he was in action in a manner of speaking at Ashton Gate on Wednesday night, was uh, Alex Neal. Now, he did take Norwich up. Yeah, whether he took a side up that Chris Hewton had built, I'm not sure with my dates there. He'd done it with Hamilton. He's done a bloody good job with Preston over the years on less money than Lee Johnson had. Yeah, he snapped Mm. at the interviewer on Wednesday night when asked about the job here. Um, he's quite dour, um, you know. Is he? And he's young. He's thirty-nine. Yeah. What? What? What would you say about Alex Neal's credentials, Les? Well, listen, right. He got him promoted, didn't he? He got Norwich promoted, and he's got Preston just outside the playoffs. He's a good manager. Whether he's this inspiring figurehead that Bristol City fans want, of course he's not. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to inspire you know, these players to go up another level because he's Alex Neal and he ain't Steven Gerrard or Chris Hewitt. Is he a good championship manager? Of course he is. Yeah. But let's be honest, if he was employed uh, next week or whatever, the majority of Bristol City fans would be like, oh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's a solid appointment. He's a good championship manager. But he ain't Chris Hewitt. No. I think we're agreed. I mean, we need to wrap up now because we've been going on for uh, a bit. I'll edit my bit about saying uh, about Robbie Fowler at the beginning, Ian. Thanks for pointing that out uh, to me that he didn't get done for whatever. Um, I I think, I mean, if we have, we haven't named names of the foreign coach. We've talked a lot about the limited time. If it was a foreign coach that we don't know, I could see a foreign coach coming on board and saying, you need to stick with Dean and Jamie because they know the players and we've got Benny Lennartson, Mark II scenario. Do you think that could happen, Ian, that you know, we go for a foreigner and we keep the guys that know the players and know the setup to get the continuity? And, that, that, and that's well, how the, Chris the, I- Well, the idea with um, this 
structure that we've got with the with Mark Ashton, director of football and all but name, um, is that if the coach goes, no one else does. So everybody yeah. else stays in place and you just replace that one person. The failure with that is that anybody that comes in will want to appoint their friends. And it is their yeah. friends. It, it's not you know, the very best coach they know. It's their mate who they know they can trust and he's not going to stab them in the back. Yeah. So I, I think um, if you look at the guy at Brentford, who, who I think has done brilliantly this year, and when you look at a, a model for us to follow, I never thought I'd be saying this, but Brentford would be a good model for us to follow. Yeah. Um, you, um, it, Nobody had heard of him before he joined Brentford, but they've yeah. obviously got a director of football who, who knows who's got a great number of contacts that I don't think we've got. Um, and you've only got to look at their transfer activity to, to see how well they've done and then look at how well we've done it. And we haven't done terribly, but we, haven't, no. we certainly haven't done as, as well as them. So um, I, I would say it, any manager is a risk and going what, uh, along with what Les said, the sort of managers we're talking about, mitigate your risk and in any business you've got to mitigate your risk as much as you possibly can because we don't want to be in a year's time we don't want to be in league one and paying three managers no we don't ian uh i mean this has been a good session i can say by the number of people that are in the room we've we we look as though we've had a record number of listeners whether that'll be reflected in uh downloads thanks to uh les for his uh contribution like to have you in again les because you put some uh good views uh across on there uh there's another person in the studio a couple of other comments have come in yeah cookie pointed out jojo wallacott we did pick him up that was goalkeeper number five belter uh said bentley will be on more than 10k i'd imagine you could well be right there uh from that perspective look we will do a new manager special whenever that happens i think we've done it uh to death uh tonight it's been our longest that we've done so far but plenty to talk about um, any final words from you? Any thoughts in? Do you think it will be another seven days or longer or less? Uh, I've got to the point now, Dave, where I really honestly don't know. I've got no idea uh, what they're doing. Um, I think the only thing that could preempt it is possibly a phone call from one of the candidates to say, look, have I got the job? Because if not, I've, I've got something else. Yeah. Um, and, and that might preempt it. I, I think if they said it's going to take eight to ten days, it'll take eight to ten days. But the manager needs to be in place when the players come back. Yeah. And then he's got four weeks to get us ready for the start of the season and sort out the squad. So good luck with that. Yeah, absolutely. Ian, a pleasure as always. Thanks to everybody that's listened. Thanks to all the supporters of this. Still got a long way to go before we catch up one stream in Bristol. But as I say, they seem to be doing, they were doing them after every match, which I don't think they were doing before. But uh, I say we're all men of a certain age. Uh, well, certainly you and I uh, are men of a certain age. Um, but we want people to contribute like Les did for the first time. Uh, welcome to him and Tom for that matter. So guys, Many thanks for your contribution this evening. All the best. Cheers, then. All the best, Dave. Good luck. Cheers, mate. Bye.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.